ho, tutor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is stain. This is a word I most sincerely dislike. For those who are stained will not go to heaven, but will spend all of eternity in hell, and that is a very long time. I wish no person might have a stain, but the devil is a trickster and can enter a person's body through her mouth as she sneezes. That is why you must never, ever sneeze. But if you must sneeze, make sure that a courtier or even a servant proclaims, bless you, and that will block the devil and you will be left unstained. Stain? How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle, and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting. So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you so much for listening. Tudor Files are just an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Philadelphia, can you give us the spelling of stain, our word of the week? It is spelled S-T-A-I-N, stain. Stain. It's so interesting because now stain is not a very serious word. It's just kind of descriptive. If you spill something on your clothes or your dog gets in the car with muddy paws, you would just say, oh, my pants are stained or my car is stained. But in the 16th century, it's a black mark on your soul. The stain of adultery, the stain of a lie, something like that. I mean, it's never a good thing to be stained. And with a woman, it could mean that she either had sex with someone inappropriate or even she could just have the stain of desire. Desire? I think that's a bit soft. They saw it as the stain of lust. And lust is one of the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins are pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. But fortunately for me, I am never proud or greedy, angry or jealous, and I have no appetites. Is that true? Oh, yes. I congratulate myself that I am wealthy, and I only love a jelly, which I would not share because it is so unhealthy for my dear friends. And in any case, Lady St. Glow would never share with me, and that does make me so peevish. I take your point, Philadelphia. I hate to make others jealous because I am so virtuous and free of stain. That is very difficult for you. And the idea of the seven deadly sins is quite an old one. Pope Gregory in the sixth century solidified the list of sins as we think of them today. And they are major players through thousands of years of history. They're in the Divine Comedy and they're in Chaucer. And the list of sins has really stuck even into modern day. So you can find reference to the seven deadly sins in things like the famous anime series, Full Metal Alchemist, in the recent movie, Shazam, or even in The Muppets. In The Muppets? Can Muppets sin? Is this the new question? Do Muppets have souls? <laughs> but our example of the word stain does not come from our virtuous Philadelphia, but does come from a play by Thomas Haywood. 
the fair maid of the West. And I have to say, I do think Muppets have souls. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> the fair maid of the West is a rip roaring adventure play. They had really almost every genre we have today, except I guess technically science fiction. I do wish there were tutors in space. That would be <laughs> fun. The Fair Maid has two parts. A cliffhanger and a sequel. Then is now. So our example of the word stain comes from part one. The Fair Maid is Bess Bridges, and her name is taken from Elizabeth I. And like Elizabeth, she is beautiful and chaste. But unlike Elizabeth I, she works in a tavern. So the tavern is very rowdy, and there's a bully named Rough Man. Using a classic convention, Bess disguises herself as a man and plays a trick on Rough Man. And this completely reforms him, and he becomes devoted to her in an entirely platonic way. Again, the kind of thing Elizabeth I would like. Bess Bridges is named in a will. And she must prove she is chaste in order to inherit what was bequeathed her in the will. And of course, men attempt to sabotage her, but she prevails, inherits the money, equips a ship, and becomes a privateer. Though she spends time as a tavern wench, which is only for those of very low station, I do enjoy this character. Best Bridges is quite the lass. Yes, and the man who wants to prove that Bess is not as virtuous as everyone believes is named Goodlack. Again, the name gives you a little hint as to whether we are supposed to think he is good or not. And he is the man who will inherit the money if she does not. Indeed, Bess's good name precedes her, and she will inherit as she ought. And so Goodlack tells the audience his intention. He says... 500 pounds a year out of my way. Is there no flaw that I can tax her with to forfeit this revenue? Is she such a saint none can missay her? Why then, I myself will undertake it. If in her demeanor I can find but one blemish, stain or spot, it is 500 pound a year well got. But you know, it is not well got. Good luck is a very bad man. You really sympathize with Bess, Philadelphia. I cannot be a boggler. When it comes to women of virtue, we must all stick together. So give heed to the files. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with the very important darkness of the word stay. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Bye.